0: Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series in the hospitality tabletop industry. Hosted by Dave Turner, seat yourself is 20 to 30 minutes of what's happening in the world of hospitality tabletop. Dave is the globally known chief evangelist and editor for TabletopJournal.com. A non-traditional journalist, Dave has spent nearly 30 years as a sales and marketing executive in the world of hospitality. This podcast was originally published in the week of November 18th, 2019 and runs for approximately 30 minutes.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to our 50th episode of Seat Yourself. Of course, Seat Yourself is our approximately 20 to 25 minutes or so podcast on all things in the world of hospitality tabletop. I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. And this week, along with our news and product stores, we've got a great final interview from the host Milano show to share with you uh, with the president of the hotel business unit of WMF Group. And that gentleman, Laurent Termez. We've also got some great news stories from top consulting and information firm Pentalic out of Chicago, along with coverage of what's going on with the latest disruptor to the hospitality tabletop scene. And then finally in news, we've got got news for you on what global city is about to really take off with several hundred new hotels planned or already under construction. And in product news this week, we'll bring you an update interview with CEO Zach Zucker from 10 Strawberry Street. As you know, we always like to get it straight from the top, and Zach gives it to us until he'll bring us up to date on what's going on with this new entrant into the hospitality tabletop category. And then finally this week, we'll perhaps introduce you to a new luxury textile player in hospitality. Uh, maybe it's one that you don't know or have heard about and don't know much about, but we'll bring it to you as well. And in this week's 60 Seconds with Shannon segment, We'll be sitting down once again with tabletop category buyer, Shannon Talon, the lovely and the talented Shannon from Edward Don and Company, and we'll be talking with her about the simplification of the wine glass selection process. And she'll tell us how she views what's happening in simplifying wine glasses out in the markets right now at this moment. And there'll be no commentary this week as we're on the road working on a couple of special projects and you'll hear about them both shortly. But don't forget, the clock is ticking and the end of the year is coming fast. So, operators who are listeners, have you placed your holiday tabletop orders yet? And tabletop salespeople, are you staying on top of those orders to make sure they get delivered on time and the way they should to your customers? There's just not that much time left, folks. So, with that, let's get this 50th episode of Seat Yourself started. And as you know by now, at Seat Yourself, we always start with our stat of the week. And this week's stat of the week is 17%. That's the percentage of decision-making time that today's B2B buyer is spending with potential suppliers. All this according to leading research and information company Gartner. So potential suppliers are spending less than 20% of the decision-making time with today's buyers. You better make it count if you're a supplier. And keep in mind, that today, more and more B2B buyers are millennials. And that means that buyers are likely to be more and more comfortable doing their own research for their solutions, whether it's either online or offline. And they will identify the companies they would like to engage with, and they will ultimately control the process. It wasn't all that long ago that salespeople were in charge of the selling process. And today, we turn all that around and say that buyers want to be in charge. And that's why today, B2B buyers spend only 17% of their decision making time with potential suppliers. And that's our stat of the week 17%. And in news this past week, there was a great perspective offered up by the team at consulting and information firm Pentelec on three broadliner distributors Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Performance Food Group. Author and good friend Bob Golden, along with Pentelic teammates Barry Friends and Bob Plank, they gave their take on the three companies' performances and what they perceive to be the go-forward strategies for these broadliners, along with their chances for success in a food service supply environment that is both challenging and evolving quickly. Now, before we go too far with the story, you may be asking, why are we focusing on this coverage of companies that are primarily food suppliers on a podcast that is non-food focused? Good question. Well, you see, it's like this. We see these larger, and yes, they are primarily food service and food suppliers. And before you say it, we also realize that they sell lots of non-food products. We see these food suppliers both in their strategic directions and their success as they head in those directions. We see them often as harbingers of what may lie ahead for non-food companies, whether it be supply chain dealers or non-food manufacturers. So now back to the Pentelic article. According to Pentelic, the latest quarterly results of what the article calls the big three, that's the publicly traded food service distributors, Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Performance Food Group. Pentelic says that these results reflect very solid performance on all key metrics, most notably improved profitability. All three companies achieved increases in gross profit per case, which is a major operating profit determinant. The story goes on to give the latest quarters combined domestic sales for these three and operating income figures, and those numbers were $25 billion for sales and $1.1 billion in combined domestic operating income. Pretty big numbers. And certainly, those figures are large enough to uh, sampling size in both sales and profits to give us a glimpse of what's likely going on in our industry on a larger, more macro scale. Pentelik also went on and described some of the challenges facing these large food service distribution leaders And those challenges sound quite familiar to what we've been discussing for the tabletop sector and tabletop suppliers. Starting with labor challenges, another one, the issue of distributor private label brands and the role of those brands versus branded manufacturer brands. And the targeting of customers and customer sectors that help maximize their profitability, all challenges within the food service distribution market. They also mentioned increasing development and growth while maintaining control of our operating expenses. Just, these are just to name a few. And as the very dynamic consolidation currently underway in the non-food dealer sector, and also on the horizon on the manufacturer segment as well, all this mirrors the overall food service industry. So the stories and the challenges will increasingly sound similar to what we see happening today in our industry's broadliners. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more, I'd invite you to check out Pentelic and their current story on broadliners and just how they feel these three large food service broadliners are hitting on all cylinders. You can visit them at their website, pentelic.com. That's p-e-n-t-a-l-l-e-c-t.com, and it's a great job by Bob Golden and his colleagues. And in other news, this past week. We've talked before about the disruption and the change that we believe is on the horizon for the hospitality tabletop category. In this past week, we just may have gotten a glimpse of where some of that future disruption may be coming from. In a regularly scheduled Investor Day presentation, Lifetime Brands, they're the owners of the Macasa brand, Lifetime Brands presented where the company intends to grow strategically in the coming years. And in a move that should not be a surprise given that they launched the Macasa hospitality brand at last year's NRA show, the company stated that front-of-the-house hospitality is definitely intending to be a future strategic area of focus for the $750 million in revenue, New York-based company. With an aggressive approach and being, quote-unquote, focused on developing a complete front-of-the-house lo- front product line similar in scope and quality to top existing names, it sounds as though the top management, a lifetime brand, expects it to make some very strong initial noise in the hospitality tabletop category in the coming year. And as we have stated, we are entering a period where change is going to be a constant within the hospitality tabletop and, frankly, the entire hospitality non-food sector. And while they'll not be the only disrupt- disruptors within our category, with lifetime brands' brand management skills, their access to resource, their supply chain expertise, and their ability to use their scale to competitive advantage, this is one company that needs to be paid attention to. Macasa Hospitality, a brand that you're going to hear a lot more from no doubt. And certainly we believe that for a host of reasons, the next 12 to 36 months should bring a great deal of change to the landscape of the global hospitality world. And finally, in what may be possibly the best news of this past week, it seems like the city of London has possibly hit the hospitality jackpot, as multiple sources have announced that there are over 200 hotels planned to be built in and around this capital city of England and the UK. Investors are being enticed and evidently attracted by strong tourism numbers that they're seeing in London, along with a weaker pound that research is showing. While there are 210 hotels that have planning permission or in which construction has already started, almost a quarter, 48 of them, are in the borough of Westminster. Law firm Boodle Hatfield, which compiled the data, said that the UK's hotel market is one of the few sectors of the British economy that has seen an upside from the Brexit-related slump in the sterling. All this has made it cheaper for international tourists to visit and it has also encouraged more staycation for British citizens. Great news for travelers to London and even better news to hospitality suppliers, including hospitality tabletop suppliers. All good to hear. And in company and product news this week, a company that's been on the move in recent years is 10 Starbury Street. We've mentioned them here before on Seat Yourself. And recently we had a chance to catch up with Zach Zucker, Zach is the CEO at 10 Strawberry Street, and we asked him to give us an update. And in that update, Zach covered a variety of topics, like the impact that experienced VP Bob Thompson has had since joining the company, along with many of the backside changes in logistics and more that they've had at his company, 10 Strawberry Street. And Zach even went into some of the go-forward strategy that 10 Strawberry Street has towards new products, and how he sees the overall hospitality tabletop marketplace in general. So here's how it went when we sat with Zach Zucker. Here's what he had to say. Hi, I'm here with Zach Zucker. He's the CEO of Ten Starberry Street. Now, as you know, the Tabletop Journal, we have been talking about Ten Starberry Street for quite a while, and they were at the edges of the hospitality tabletop industry for a long time, but not anymore. They're moving right to the center of the road, and they've got a great product lineup now. That's uh, that I wouldn't have guessed they would have a couple of years ago. And, we're, and today, we're fortunate enough to get uh, a guy like Zach Zucker, uh, the CEO. I said, as I said before, of Ten Starbers. We're going to get right straight from the top. Zach, thanks for joining us.
2: Dave, thank you so much for having us. I appreciate you coming down to New York and spending a little bit of time with me in this nice rainy afternoon in New York.
1: It's beautiful. I love New York when it rains.
2: <laughs> it's a great and, place, isn't it?
1: And just full disclosure, we're at the retail show, which if you don't know this about 10 Strawberry Street, they're awesome in retail. They've got another whole uh, rental business that's another killer business. So th- th- this is a much bigger company than a lot of the hosp- people in the hospitality sector may understand. So we've got a lot going on at 10 Strawberry Street, Zach.
2: Dave, it's been a heck of a year, and we're super excited about the, uh, the steps we're making to really build a brand in the hospitality business. Uh, I first want to give a shout-out to Bob Thompson, our national sales manager. He's been doing a hell of a job for us. We've built... Uh, one hell of a, a sales team um, and uh, wouldn't have be able to do it without his uh, expertise how in the long business. has Bob been with you now at the Bob Sharmu has Shrie. been with 10 story Street going on three years now Boy, and, that's been a really good fit has not it you know Bob has been a great he's like he's become like a second brother to me we work a lot we talk almost daily about how we're gonna make difference in this hospitality business and uh, his you know 30 years of expertise in the business is really starting to show with our three-year game plan which is really starting to come into effect here now
1: you know what I' from and it's an outsider observer and i don't want to talk about bob when he's not here but but i'll tell you it's great to see the renewed energy in a guy who's been really ha- has a lot of experience in our business and could sort of be you know mailing it in maybe you know whatever but he's not he's he's really enthusiastic and uh i, I love talking to bob because he's very very pro uh dinnerware obviously and uh, and tabletop but very pro 10 strawberry
2: street yeah I, I i can't tell you how appreciative we are with bob and just uh great team member to have on our team and just can't say enough about what he's done for us.
1: What are some of the other things that are going on in the sort of the backside? Because uh, I know you, you've spoken to me briefly uh, uh, on a couple areas on logistics, warehousing. You have a new showroom going on in, in Denver in, the, after, in your expanded uh, distribution
2: center? Yeah, we're, um, there's been a lot of changes for 10 Strawberry Street and obviously getting in this new industry really helped be able to hold the inventory levels to help support all yep. the people out there yep. that are out there pushing our product. It's, it's, it's a growth pattern. It takes a little bit of time, but uh, with working with Bob and working with our distributor and starting to see the trends of some of the new pieces we brought in in the Forenza collection, um, as well as um, some of the new items we brought in. You know, it's really great to bring it in and then you see spikes and it takes time to kind of recover. But we're working really hard to build the inventory levels and the sales team out there is just doing a great job of just getting the, the product in front of the end users and really pushing the product through the pipe. And uh, we couldn't be more happy with uh, what's going on with the new product.
1: Yeah, you know, when we last talked, I think it was the NRA show in Chicago in May, and you had some great reaction to some of the products that you sh- showed there.
2: Yeah, I mean, one thing that uh, we've worked really hard to focus on is um, the last thing that this industry ever needs is another white plate. And mm-hmm. so obviously um, with the trend that's going on in the restaurant business is this whole mix and match concept. And, you know, it's going to a very informal type of setting. So one person might have one look on a table and the person right across from them with a completely different look. And that whole aesthetic has really gone well for us. Us. And we've really played into that and really hit the product development really hard and really bring unique, great products, right? That goes along with our uh, tagline of simple, elegant, but also yet affordable. And also, you know, this has just been a lot of fun for me to go overseas and identify products. We've actually made two brand new launches in the Birch collection as well as the New Delhi collection, which comes in two different colors. Um, it has, you know, a very organic shape with some different colors for mixing and matching. And we're also very excited that we're able able to team with Edward Don that's going to be in the Don Advisor coming up here in the spring. Now is that the first time that you've been in the Edward Don Advisor? You know actually uh, Dave I, I don't want to I don't want to brag but this is actually uh, a few times that we've been asked to do it and I think that that's been a great marketing partner to really help Absolutely. get our brand and <laughs> ideas out there um, to what we'll be able to do and uh, yeah it's been, it's been great and we just want to keep this uh, positive vibe going and being this young vibrant enthusiastic company that's really coming to the industry to bring and unique and great product for the hotel and restaurant division
1: now we got 60 days left in 2019 10 strawberry sheep finishing up strong
2: you know um Knock on wood, it's been a really great year for us, Dave. And, uh, you know, the one good, th- good thing about being the new kid on the block is that our base is not that big. But every time that we get an installation and we're building it, you know, Bob and I always joke around. We do it one play at a time. Yeah. And we just – the most important thing that we're really focused on is, you know, having, having the end users and the customers have a great experience with 10 Strawberry Street to make sure that they get the service that they, that they deserve. And the op- when we get an opportunity, you know, that's one thing that you have to really cherish in this business because these guys have (laughs) – they have – unbelievable memories and if you don't take care of them one time then sure. I'll tell you they never forget so we take every uh, opportunity very seriously and we think that you know if we if we get the chance we want to be able to you know put a great value product on the table and make the experience for, for the not only the restaurant but the, the the customers of the restaurant to just be second to none
1: yeah I know we've, we've talked about it before but <clears throat> one of the signs of a company sort of getting uh, and I use the analogy about moving to the center of the road from the edge of the road but one of the one of the uh, things that you can point to with that is the quality of the sales representation that you have out in the field, and you've got some really top-notch people out there.
2: Yeah, again, I think um, you know I got to give credit where credit's due. You know, we're like I said, somewhat of a newcomer to the industry, and this is an industry that has a lot of history in it. And when you get involved in this type of stuff, there's a lot of people that you just you never you never you never know who's who or who's doing what, but. Bob has been able to bring a great sales team and we really have coverage throughout the United States right now that we are extremely excited about. We see the sample requests coming through the pipe of great leads and really we just can't be more happy with our our sales team and there's been some people that uh, have just, uh, you know, really surprised me about what kind of leads and type of relationships they have to be able to go on a sales call with some some of our reps. And they walk into the place like they own the place. Yeah, it makes a big
1: difference when you have pros.
2: Oh, man. You got to have pros and you're only as good as your sales team. So I I, want to give a shout out to the whole 10-star Street sales team. You guys are doing a hell of a job and appreciate all your support. And we're just scratching the surface of where we're about to go.
1: Great. Well, listen... Again, 60 days left in the year, finish strong, and we'll come back and talk to you in the early part of next year. It's going to be a great year, it sounds like, in 2020 for you guys.
2: Dave, thanks for your time, and uh, have a great night.
1: We always appreciate it when we can sit with leaders of companies, and they give us their insights into their thinking, both of their own companies and the industry in general. 10 Strawberry Street is a great example of one of those smaller, challenger-type companies that's focused on growth and working hard for their customers. A difference, perhaps, for 10 Strawberry Street is, though, because of their other businesses, that they may have just a bit more access to resources than other small companies. In the interview, Zach talked about new product development, and that's just one great example of how his company has been continuing to invest in the hospitality tabletop sector. So, we look for big things from the team at 10 Strawberry Street in the new year. And in the final interview that we want to bring to you from the host show that just recently concluded in Milan, Italy, We had the opportunity to sit with Laurent Termez. Laurent is the president of the Global Business Unit at German company WMF Group. And since we were meeting in the HEP booth at Host, we asked Laurent specifically about this renowned global tabletop and buffetware brand. And here's what he had to say. Hi there, we're back at Host 2019. This is, by the way, again, is the 41st edition of the Host Milano trade show. It's a fantastic show here today, and I'm here now with Laurent Termez. He's the president of the WMF Group, the head of their global business unit that represents the hotel and restaurant trade only, the Horeca Trade. So, Laurent, it's great to be with you today. Hi, Dave. Tell us all about WMF Group, and particularly we're interested about the HEP brand name that you have. HEP is a wonderful name with a
3: long legacy. Tell us a little bit about that. The HEP? company was created 156 years ago actually uh, from two brothers named Hep, the Bre- Hep brothers and they were the first ones to cater exclusively silverware to the hospitality markets and, and this knowledge and this legacy has been transposed into up, up to these uh, days today so um, we um, can count on the experience of 156 years catering to the hospitality industry we uh, aspire and uh, try to understand their current and their future needs operational needs and uh, bring solutions uh, to help them serve their customers even better
1: now i know in the united states and maybe in all of north america hep is represented by boucher uh, hep out of north carolina how how do
3: they go to market and can you tell us a little bit about that relationship with the combination uh, with Bauscher and HEP we have a very strong um, proposition um, to our customers uh, on the one side a long long time experience on the chinaware business and um, adding the experience uh, of 156 years from the metal side uh, we add uh, two very powerful components together to offer um, a great table setting to our customers and what is the what, what is it about
1: WMF and HEP that most people in the in the hospitality trade might
3: not know or maybe have forgotten that you'd like to remind them about? The WMF brand is uh, over 150 years old as well, and has uh, since many years acquired uh, the HEP brand, thus adding to their portfolio experience in the hospitality market. So we have the historical hospitality brand HEP. And on the other side, we have the WMF brand, which stands for German Engineering and Quality and enforced by the knowledge of the HEP experience. Perfect. Thank you so much. I know you've got a lot of
1: customers here waiting to see you. Uh, Laurent, it's been great catching up with you. Thanks, Davey. It's great to hear how WMF and HEP partner so well in America with the Baucher porcelain brand. Of course, Boucher HEP USA has a wide selection of tabletop and front-of-the-house products, and all are outstanding. And the HEP tabletop and buffetware products collection, well, that's just one great example. You can learn more about the HEP collection of products by visiting their website. That's H-E-P-P dot D-E if you're outside the U.S. Or if you're in America, simply go to BoucherHEP.com. Many thanks to WMF Group Executive Laurent Termez for spending a few moments with us at the host show. And finally, in this week's product news, MyDrap is a Spanish textile company that first came onto our radar screen a number of years ago. To us, the experience of using a MyDrap cotton napkin product was truly unique and really like anything else we knew of at that time. And while we were definitely impressed with this Barcelona-based manufacturer, at that time, it didn't seem like they were quite ready for a major push into the hospitality sector, and in particular, the North American hospitality sector. But now... All that has changed and now the hospitality in in North America is a major area of focus being handled out of Montreal and they're making strong headway into the overall North American food service and hospitality market. With top luxury customers like the Fairmont Royal York Hotel in Toronto and the Langham Hotel in New York, you can already see that the team at MyDrap understands this business and they're serious about making headway in the hospitality industry in North America. And why not? The MyDRAP napkins are luxurious, they're seamless, and highly functional. And their napkins are packaged as pre-perforated rolls for easy storage and easier use. And yes, they're reusable. MyDRAP also makes other products like Cotton Tray mats, which the Langham Hotel has put into the in-room service. In the luxury sector, details matter. That's why top luxury operators like the Fairmont Hotel and the Langham Hotel in New York chose MyDRAP. We'll bring you more in this rapidly growing luxury hospitality supplier in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, check out their website at mydrap.com and be sure to go to their hospitality specific section when you're on the site. Check it out. You'll be glad you did.
0: Now 60 Seconds with Shannon, where Dave sits down with Shannon Talon of Edward Don and Company and asks the question of the week. This week, Shannon talks about how to simplify your wine glass collection.
1: We're back with Shannon Talon, the category manager for Buffetware and Tabletop at Edward Don and Company out of Chicago. And Shannon, we've got a wine glassware question for you this week. And it's not just the questions that we've had in the past, but we're we're looking at simplification and that whole trend uh, right now. And for an operator who wants to use only one glass for all their wines, maybe red and whites, uh, what do you think the best options are in terms of shape, maybe size and overall look? And, and by the way, is uh, while you're at it, is that a trend, that simplification of wa- the wine glass assortment?
4: Wow, well, you know, I love an all-purpose glass. Um, it's what I often use for myself at home. Um, in terms of, uh, you asked about the, the shape, size, and overall look. You know, I'm sort of a purist. I love sort of a traditional tulip shape, you know, maybe 16 ounces. Um, I like a little bit of a taller wine glass that can sometimes have some operational implications, but, you know, about eight and three quarters to a nine inch glass. I think that's a, that represents a great all purpose shape with a, a sheer rim, uh, I think is good for all purpose because it it straddles all types of wine programs. And the great thing about uh, an item of that nature, that traditional tulip shape, about 16 ounces, uh, eight and a half to nine inches, there's so many options in the marketplace for end users. So um, the operator should be able to find something that, that fits their style or fits, you know, something they think feels good in the hand there's a lot of options out there so I do think there is a trend towards all-purpose glasses um, or even one red and one white uh, one white glass rather than maybe just one glass for everything and we see that in the new patterns that are developed by manufacturers as new stemware patterns are brought into the market they tend to have fewer items in them than maybe eight ten years ago uh, when those patterns were more likely to be a little bit more uh, robust and have more varietal specific pieces but I do think that when it comes to operators with really significant wine programs while they can use some all-purpose ware I think it is appropriate for them to have a uh, the right number of sets of varietal specific wine glasses available as part of the guest experience particularly as you know wine has really Uh, Become more and more popular with millennials. People are more, people are more educated about wine. So people who are going and spending a certain amount of money for a bottle of wine may still expect special glassware for their experience. So I think depending on the wine program, um, you could have both, but you could also very easily simplify with one or two all purpose classes.
1: Well, that's it for this week's episode of Seat Yourself, and as always, I want to thank the Rockstar Category Manager Shannon Talent for joining us today, and of course, I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in as well. And finally, I want to make a special thanks to the Edward Don and Company for sponsoring in part this episode of Seat Yourself. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food, for nearly one hundred years. And remember to be sure to check out their most recent Tabletop Advisor. You can download it from their website, www. Dot don.com Just go to the homepage and scroll down to the publication section. We'll see you next time, but always remember, Tabletop Matters.
0: That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com.